Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. We could go on and on and on. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. So glad to be here. So honored to serve uh, in this area. So honored to have this is one of my kids right here. Delvon, stand, stand and wave at everybody. This is Delvon. He's, uh, he, he was one of our students way back. Uh, way back in our student ministry, and uh, just moved in with us. He moved in with us as a teenager. He's a husband and a father these days, a, 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 an amazing husband, an amazing father, and I uh, appreciate him driving me all the way up here uh, this weekend, spending time with me. Numbers chapter 13 in the Word of God. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of possibility. If you begin to think about God's kingdom, amen. I hope that you look at and you sense and you feel in your heart a kingdom of possibility, not impossibility. Somebody say a good amen. In the scriptures, the word says this in verse, uh, verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down to verse 23. Numbers chapter 13, the Bible says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a mission for your life. Come on, somebody. God would that he would give you that land or he would give you that space so you can do what it is that he's called you to do. So I want you to see it in that frame. He says, this land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Now skip down to verse 23. The Bible says, When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. Can you imagine the grapes on this thing, right? Can you imagine the grapes on this vine? It says they also brought back samples of the pomegranates and the figs and that place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut from there, cut, cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen. They showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. Watch this. This is their report to the man of God, the man of faith, God's purpose right here. It says, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's the kind of fruit that it produces. Everybody say but. But, verse 28, but. The people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse to not step into their purpose. Now watch this. But Caleb, everybody say, but Caleb. But Caleb, a man of God, a man of faith, Caleb and Joshua, it says Caleb tried to quiet the people in verse 30 as they stood before Moses, let's go at once to take 
the land, he said, we can certainly conquer it. We can accomplish. He's thinking in his mind. We can accomplish what it is that God has called us to do. If we'll walk in unity, if we'll walk in purpose, if we'll walk in the love of God. And it says this, but the other men who had explored the land with him, the other ten, essentially, had disagreed. They're disagreeing. It says, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. So they not only had told Moses about it, they had not only spoken to Moses, but they left that tent of meeting and they went out and they began to spread a bad report, a rebellious report. Watch this. And it says among the Israelites, it says the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. This is what we felt, and that's what they were thinking, okay? Now, i got to ask you a quick question this morning. How do you view impossibilities? How do you view impossibilities? Do they intimidate you? Do they confuse you? Do they frustrate you and stop you dead in your tracks before you even attempt to defeat them? Maybe God has said to you, hey, I need you to do this. I want you to reach the students in this area, or I want you to reach the the hard students in your area, the hard people, hard-hearted, hard-minded, hard-spirited, amen, whatever that that the situation is. You just kind of get frustrated instead. Well, the story of the, the, uh, the story of Israel Israel's 12 spies always helps me when I'm facing an impossibility. God has recently spoke to us to go and do an impossible thing, and that's the, that's the transition that I'm currently in right now. I can't wait to tell you more about it at another date, but 10 of them, think about this, 10 of them focused on the giants, but Joshua and Caleb focused on the grapes. 10 of them focused on what God couldn't do what they couldn't do only two of them said let's go let's take the land let's do what it is that God has called us to do and the Bible says this in Numbers chapter 14 verse 24 God called this kind of faith a different spirit or an excellent spirit we see that and we read about that about Daniel in the kingdom of God and in the purposes of God and then we read this about Joshua and Caleb and look at verse uh, verse 24 it says my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He's remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land that he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. You remember decades and decades and decades later, it was Caleb who was still shouting, give me my mountain. He had waited so long. He had trusted God so long. So I want to talk to you really quick about whenever you have a different spirit, whenever you have a different spirit, you will experience and you will walk in these few things, okay? I've got five quick points for you. Number one, you will walk in peace instead of panic. If you're a note taker, listen, you get to pick your own mansion in heaven for all of those who take notes. That's what, I can't maybe back it up with scripture. It's just what I heard. Come on, somebody. Amen. All of you note takers, listen, whenever you have a different spirit, you experience and you walk in peace instead of panic. Amen. 
In verse 30, Caleb, the scripture said, he tried to quiet and encourage the people. Have you ever been there? God says, hey, I want you to go do this. And everybody starts grumbling and everybody starts complaining. You kind of pitch the idea. You kind of pitch the vision. You kind of say, hey, you know what? We can make a difference in our middle school. And you get some of your friends to rally around you. And instead of rallying around you, they only rally around you with complaints and frustrations. Huh? Maybe your cheer squad, maybe your football team, whatever the situation might be. But Caleb is there. He's trying to quiet and encourage the people. Why? Because a leader must move in quiet assurance, amen, in the midst of terrifying symptoms and odds. When God says, hey, I want you to go do this impossible thing, do you realize the faith that it takes for a pastor to step out on nothing, for a leader to step out on nothing, for a church member to step out on nothing and begin to step in to the purposes of God? Amen. And we still have to walk in peace instead of panic. You remember it was Jesus who told the raging storm, peace, be still. He had this inner calm while the storm was in full gale. Amen. And there's characteristics that I wanted to point out to you about grasshoppers or grape testers. Grasshoppers or grape testers. Amen. Grasshoppers see problems. Huh? Grape testers see possibilities. Amen? Grasshoppers, they see the obstacles. They'll point out all the obstacles. They'll bring you an Excel sheet with all of the obstacles that you may be facing. Come on. Amen? But see, people who are grape testers, they see opportunities. Grasshoppers see sickness and death. Grape testers see health and healing. Grasshoppers have a slave mentality. And grape testers have a son or a daughter mindset. I'm a son of God. There's no chance God is going to fail me now. He has been there in the past. He was there for Caleb. He was there for Joshua. He was there for Moses and Ruth. He's going to be there for me. Hallelujah. Grasshoppers talk like victims. Well, if it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for my upbringing, if it wasn't for that wife of mine, huh? Don't look now. Stay looking right here. Stay, stay focused right here. Let me help you. Amen. And we, we look at this grape testers. We talk like victors. Amen. I'm more than a conqueror through them that loved him. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Amen. And everybody feels it when there's giants lurking around. You know, it's not that we can't talk about the giants. It's not like we have to hide from the giants or whatever that it is. We know that they are there. But we've got to step out in faith and walk in the purposes of God. I have faced situations, I know you have too, where I've literally grown weak and I thought I would lose my mind. I thought, there's no chance I can do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't have enough resources. Can I tell you something? God has the resources. And God has the finance and God has the team that he's going to put around you just step out in faith and do what he's asking you to do hallelujah I've always had to regather my spirit take my stand of faith come back in and say I really don't want to do this but the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this so I'm going to do this amen you got to step out you got to gather yourself amen in numbers chapter 13 and 14 you we we see this incredible story of faith this incredible stand of faith and i want to tell you something if you don't have the right attitude you're never going to climb to the right altitude in the kingdom of god and in the purposes of god some people are like i wish god would use me and god's saying i wish you would get your attitude correct 
I would get you, I wish you would get your spirit into check. Amen. And listen, if you're a person who can perceive greatness where other people perceive frustration, God says, there's somebody that I can use. There's a person that I'm going to pour my influence into. There's a person that I'm going to pour my unlimited favor, my unlimited resources into their life because they see the impossibilities as possibilities. Hallelujah. It'll blow your mind at what God will do for you. At what God will do for you. Out in our church in Ukiah, California, two hours north of San Francisco, amen, we, we were getting ready to even leave the campus, and, and we didn't know all of these things at the time, but a, a, a non-Christian man, we had done uh, Night to Shine, which is a, a prom night experience for people with special needs. We'd done that for about four years in a row, just an incredible event, we absolutely love it, and we would borrow, uh, we, we would borrow the limousine that was there in our town from the towing company that owned this limousine. And every year that I would call, they say, hey, we're going to give you a driver. We're going to give you a couple of drivers. We're going we're to take care of the fuel. We're going to pick up these students. We love the heart of what your church is doing. We love the heart of what God is doing there. And these people didn't know God. Hello? Amen? But they heard about what we were doing. We had talked to them. So it, this last year, I, I had called them. I said, hey, we're getting ready to have Night to Shine. And they said, I know it. We're so excited. We want to give you our limousine again this year. And I said, man, that's so incredible. We're so excited. Thank you guys for your gift. And he says, no, no, no. I want to give you our limousine this year. I want to gift. I want to give it to you DMV style. Can you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, are you kidding me? He said, just come down, sign some paperwork. We've already, uh, we've already inspected it. We're going to pay the registration on it for you. We're going to give you this limousine. So we, I went down to pick it up. We did Night to Shine. We, we did some other youth trips and kids trips. I took kids going out to get some ice cream. Come on, somebody in the limousine. <sighs> Can't eat it in the limousine. Get out the limousine. Get out of here. Amen. But watch this. I talked to our board, and we didn't necessarily need a limousine. Amen? So we said, hey, let's talk to somebody. Let's see, what, let's see what we can do to sell this. Right? $56,800 we sold this limousine for. And they're going to use it to remodel their lobby and their bathrooms. That was the last thing on my docket. That was the last thing to be able to do on my docket. And God said, you won't be a part of this final stage, this final chapter. But I've put enough money. Come on, somebody. God's got the resources. Can I tell you? He's got the resources for you. Hallelujah. The second thing, whenever you have a different spirit, whenever you, whenever you have a different spirit, you will experience and walk in opportunity instead of obstacles. Amen? Opportunity instead of obstacles. Caleb said about the land full of giants, it is indeed a bountiful country. Do you think about that for the kingdom of God? Do you think about that for Bedford, Indiana? Do you think about that for your neighborhood that God is going to bless my neighborhood in such a way God's going to use me to have life teams right here? I'm going to invite people over to my house for uh, just like Acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 47. I'm going to invite people over to my house and I'm going to pray with them and feed them and encourage them and love on them. Amen. So I can see 
the opportunity instead of the obstacles. It's indeed a bountiful country. Think about this. Caleb's mind recorded the beautiful cities. Caleb's mind recorded the beautiful vineyards, the rich and fertile soil, the water supplies, the homes instead of the walls and the fortified defenses and the giants. Listen, we've got to see the potential rather than just all the problems. Moses took 12 men representing the 12 tribes of Israel and told them to go over into Canaan and spy on that land. And he had three objectives in sending them into Canaan. The first thing he wanted them to have was a vision for where they were going. You ever been in that quiet time? You ever been in that quiet moment with God? And God starts speaking to you and you're like, I don't know where this is coming from. Did I have Taco Bell a while ago? Am I having a vision of the fourth meal? No, no, no. God's speaking to you. He wants you to get a vision for where you're going. If you do not see where you're going, then you will never get there. You'll never get there. you got to have a vision. God wanted them to get a vision for what he had promised them. I don't know about you, but I want to get a hold of the promises of God. I want to get a hold of what it is that God has called me to, what he's destined my life for. I want to get a hold of that. He wanted them to get this vision. That's what it says in Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no revelation, or Scripture calls it vision, where there's no revelation, where there's no vision, the people just kind of cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. God wants you to have a vision for your community, a vision for your family, a vision for the lost people who are around and about you every day in the cubicles, in the highways, in the byways. He wants you to have a vision for their life. The second thing, amen, he had three objectives in sending them into Canaan. The second thing, to see what is possible. Pastor Mike, you just told us about a $56,800 limousine. Can you imagine? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Well, God has prepared for those who love him. Can I share with you, can I just be transparent? I'm mad that I didn't get to remodel that lobby in those bathrooms. I'm frustrated. Come on, somebody. We remodeled it, did everything else on that campus except for the bathrooms in the lobby. I really wanted that mountain. Amen. But listen, God left enough resource, hello, to be able to accomplish his mission and his vision. God wanted them to taste the grapes. He wanted them to get a sample of what he was going to do. A lot of times God, he'll lead you into something awesome. Before he does, he will give you a vision of it. He'll give you a spiritual taste of it and say, can you taste and see how good this is? Amen. I can tell you how good at at, at Tahoe Joe's. I can tell you how amazing the tri-tip steak is. I can talk to you. I can tell you the seasoning is perfect. They cook it at just the right space. Medium rare. Come on, somebody in Jesus. Oh, I felt felt the Holy Ghost right there. Amen. I can tell you how good that it is and how, how, how amazing that it tastes. But you'll never know until you taste it. You've got to have a taste for it. The third thing is this, to test their perception of themselves, of their enemy, and of their God. Here's where we, as Christ followers, begin to fail. We're excited, man. We know about the miracles of God. We read about, We see a vision. We can see what's possible. But then all of a sudden we say, but I'm not the one that can accomplish that. 
This is impossible for me. It's possible for everybody else. It's possible for, for Pastor Tristan. It's possible for Pastor TJ. It's possible for Pastor so-and-so, Pastor whomever. But I can never see this happen in my life. Listen, all 12 men saw exactly the same thing, but they did not have the same perception or give the same report. Huh? I'm going to show up with a report of faith. I want to show up with a report of yes, we can. Si se puede. That's what, they, that's what they say in California. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can do this. We can accomplish this in Spanish. That's yes, we can in Spanish. Si se puede. All right. Amen. You got it? All right. You guys might not hear a lot of Spanish up, this, up in these parts. I don't know. But I heard that and I was so encouraged. Only Joshua and Caleb saw what they were supposed to see. A bountiful land. A land flowing with milk and honey. A blessed land of favor. The others saw the negative. You ever met people like that? They only see the walls. They only see the impossibility, the giants, the unconquerable land. They don't see the potential. How would you like to be known as one of the ten spies? Huh? One of the ten tribes, amen, that saw the negative. That said, we can't take the land. And guess what? They lived 40 years wandering in the same desert over and over and over again. Because of their disobedience of God. How would you like to be one of those leaders? I wouldn't run with those guys. Say, I'm going to go hang out with those other two tribes. Come on, somebody. Amen. They thought, they said they lived with this. They lived with this mindset. God's kingdom, it's a kingdom of no. God's kingdom, it's a kingdom of delay. It's a kingdom of defeat. It's a kingdom of we better not try. Listen, the giants are big. Never enough. You ever met people like that? We never have enough. We're not going to be able to do that. Hey, we better play it safe. A lot of those dream destroyers, I don't want to hang out with dream destroyers. Huh? All those people, they just talk down, 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 down. I don't want to hang out with those people. They say, they said this, they're giants. We're grasshoppers. Amen? What I saw is they were whiners, weepers, and weakness. That's what the scripture talks about. They were whining about it. They began to weep about it. Hey, hey God, why are you sending us out in this place? We'll talk a little bit more about it and weakness. Okay, the next thing that you will experience and walk in when you have a right spirit before God is alignment for the assignment. You will walk in alignment for the assignment. Pastor TJ, you ever had to do, do something that you didn't want to do but God said to do it? Anybody else in the house? You say, I'm going to do that anyways. I really don't want to give that away. I really want, don't want to do that thing. I really don't want to sell this limousine. Come on. Amen. But watch this. In Numbers chapter 14 and verse 8, Caleb knew, he said this, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land. He'll give it to us. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and God will give it to us. Amen. Anybody excited about what God's going to give to you? Anybody excited what God's going to give to this church? I don't know about you, but I can see two services. I can see two full services. Come on, somebody. Not just full down here, but full in the balcony. Come on, somebody. Can you see that? Can you see kids' church? Can you say, hey, we got property out here. We got to build a youth center. We got to build a kids' center. We don't have enough space. Can you see it? Can you see it? Listen. Listen to me. Here, Here was Caleb. Caleb searched his own life through prayer. To be sure there was nothing within him that was out of alignment. Amen. With the perfect will of God. 
And I want to tell you something. We cannot face the giants from without if we have tolerated the giants from within. Man, you never be able to face giants from without if you haven't dealt with the giants that are on the inside of you. Hallelujah. As you face this huge problem, you've got to ask yourself, is there anything in my life that would keep me from standing strong in this battle that I'm about to enter? Look at Numbers chapter 14. Look at Numbers chapter 14. So here's what's happened. They cried all night. The Israelites cried all night. They heard the negative report. They heard the deception from the ten spies. They've cried all night. God, you sent us out here to kill us. You sent us out here. You're not going to feed us right. You're going to bury us in this desert. We used to have, you know, onions and Egypt. And we had all these good things in Egypt. And you brought us out here. And you're going to kill us now. That's the way, I, I mean, that's the way it reads in my Bible. I'm not sure it might read a little different in yours. But they're whining, and they're complaining. And it says this, verse 39, Numbers chapter 14, When Moses reported the Lord's words to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. They were so upset because they had said, we're not going to step out in faith. We're not going to go take the land. And God said, okay, you don't want to go take the land? Then go back to this space. Go back out into the desert. He was going to let them, he was going to let them rally around for 40 years. Right? Say, hey, you guys, go on ahead. Go, go on back out into the desert then, right? So they're filled with grief. They're crying all night. They got up early the next morning, and they went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realize that we've sinned, but now we're ready to enter the land that God has promised us. And God has now said, no, you can't take the land. I'm not going to be with you because you've rejected me. You've rejected my heart. You rejected my word. Watch this. It says, Moses said, why are you now disobeying God's orders? Return to the wilderness. It won't work. Listen, it's not going to work. Why? Because you've rejected God, and God's now not with you. He is now not on your side. He says, don't go up into the land now. You'll only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. Why? Because when you face the Amalekites and the Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. God will abandon you. Because why? Because you've abandoned God. Do you see it right there? Because you have abandoned the Lord. Anybody ever stepped in that space? I'll just do this by myself then. I'll just do this by myself then. Huh? We've abandoned God. And then we ask ourselves, why am I frustrated? Why, why can't I get anything done? Why can't I accomplish anything? Why? Well, just as you can't be defeated with God at your side, you can't be victorious without Him. You need His presence. You need His power. You need His provision. You need His guidance and His direction in your life. And delayed obedience is disobedience. God said, hey, I need you to do this. You say, well, let me pray about it. Well, let me think about it. Well, let me fast about it a little bit. God's already spoken. Step into the space that he's asked you to step into, right? The devil wants you to be a grasshopper. The devil wants churches full of grasshoppers. Amen? The grasshopper, I just found out, they come in three colors. Come in three colors. Ooh, look at this. Look at this cool hunting gear from Pastor TJ. Huh? Did you catch anything this year? Did you kill anything? Nothing. Nothing. Okay? We don't want this. 
Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Listen, the devil wants you to be a grasshopper. The grasshopper comes in three colors. Think about this. I was looking this up, okay, for all of you, uh, for all of you wildlife kingdom nerds, okay, like myself, okay? There's a couple in the house, all right? Grasshoppers come in green, brown, and tan. Sounds like camouflage. God doesn't want us to be camouflaged. God wants us to be the light. But a lot of Christians want to camouflage their faith. A lot of Christians want to camouflage their relationships with God. Amen. Their number one defense, grasshoppers, all right. Sorry, TJ, I almost wiped that with my, with my sweat, man. I almost, I almost wiped your... Anyways, grasshoppers, listen. Their number one defense against danger is adapt to their environment. Oh, I'm saying something to you. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Huh? I know good preaching when I hear it. Come on, somebody. Their number one defense is to adapt to their environment. Grasshoppers camouflage themselves into their environment so they can never be found. They just blend in. Let's not make any waves. Let's not make any waves. Let's just hide right here. No one can see us. I don't even think God knows we're here. Hello? Huh? We just kind of blend in. Don't stir up any trouble. Here's something else I found out about grasshoppers. Grasshoppers choose to fly away or hop away whenever trouble comes. (laughs) Did you get that? They can jump about 40 feet. That's a long way for one tiny little grasshopper. Oh, the trouble comes. Hey, we need you to come and be a prayer service tonight. Hey, we could use some people to help us in student ministry. Huh? Well, I would, but got a lot of stuff going. I'll just hop here and I fly away from the problems. That way I'm unreachable. You know anybody that's unreachable? Hey, call me if you need anything. You called them 12 times. No answer. No return text. I know you read the text. You haven't changed your read receipts. You read it, refuse to respond, just unreachable. They choose adaptation rather than fighting for their vision from God. Huh? Your husband comes home from a men's retreat. He tells you how God's ministered to his heart. He's going to change. He's going to do better. He's going to be better. And then all of a sudden, time and frustration just makes him adapt back into the culture he was blending in. And they choose modification rather than mission and purpose for God's kingdom. I just hop over here. Oh, wait, there's some uncomfortable situations to deal with. I just hop over there, fly over there. Don't really have any commitment to anybody. Well, I don't really commit to a church. Oh, that's the one I'm hearing today. So much. Well, we kind of go all over. Uh Uh-huh. You know what kind of vision you have? Nothing. Respectfully. Listen, you you don't have a vision for the house. You don't have a heart for the kingdom of God. People talking about, hey, we just don't need God's house. We just don't need God's kingdom. We need one another. We need the strength, the encouragement. We need to assemble together to feel the presence of God and the purpose of God to remind us that nothing is impossible to them that believe. Don't have to commit to accountability. 
I don't go to life teams because point number four, let's move on. That's a hot button. Felt a cool breeze come this way. Point number four, submission. Whenever you have a different spirit, you'll experience and you'll walk in submission instead of rebellion. Amen. Revival starts with surrender. Revival starts with repentance. Revival starts within. You say, hey man, that guy's cold in his heart. He's cold in his spirit. Then why don't you get on fire and start to fan the flames of God. Amen. Get on fire. Start. Listen, to resist and move in the opposite direction from God is dangerous. It's a dangerous space. If you'll read the book of Numbers, uh, Numbers chapter 11 was their complaining. Numbers chapter 12 was their criticisms. And Numbers chapter 13 is their stubborn refusal to follow the direction of spiritual leadership. But, but Pastor Mike, the, the spiritual leadership, their voices weren't as loud. There was only two of them. There was ten and they were so loud. And they were sharing dissent. And they were sharing division and they were sharing that God can't instead of God can and God will when we honor those in spiritual authority a blessing is released listen I don't care I I really don't care if your pastor's out of alignment with God but you still honor his present authority God will still bless you because you're walking under that space you're walking in that space now your pastor needs to walk in alignment with God Amen, and I know that he does. I know his heart. I know his humble, his humble heart, his humble spirit. Listen, all of these men had faith, but ten had a greater faith in the ability of the walls. They had a greater faith in the ability of their enemies. They had a greater faith in the ability of their fears. They had a greater faith in their insecurities than their faith in God. And two of them, Caleb and Joshua, they saw a possibility. They saw miracles, signs, and wonders. Ten of the men were moaning about the size of the giants two of them were envisioning the miraculous provisions they're full of hope they're full of faith they're full of confidence in God ten of them spreading lies ten of them spreading deception they're so loud they're spreading discouraging reports two of them walking in faith speaking encouragement speaking life speaking vision speaking victory let's go at once let's talk let's conquer the land surely we can take it god is with us he's with us the 10 scripture says they murmured against god's word And they said, it cannot be done. Watch this. They incited a rebellion against God. They incited a rebellion against God. I know a lot of people, they're running in the wrong direction. They've incited a rebellion against God. Against the love of God. Against the purposes of God. They're not feeling the spirit of God. Come on, somebody. Two of them said, God will give us the victory. we got to go at once. Listen, when you murmur against God's word or God's provision, you are murmuring against God. These complainers, these weak in their faith, they all died wandering in the desert for 40 years and they never got to see the promised land. Scripture says a whole generation of them died. The 10 of them, Sula, they died right there 
in the presence of all the people, right there in the presence of all the leaders, right there in the presence of all the Israelites from a plague. Just like that. Ten of them died because of their rebellion against God. And those who spread those bad, divisive, destructive reports struck dead with the plague. Only Joshua and Caleb got to enter their promised land. Amen. They stayed in faith. They stayed committed to God. You know, they stayed committed to the purposes of God. Listen to me. Grasshoppers, you know what they do? They always base their worth and their ability uh, on their ability uh, on, on what the world tells them. You can't accomplish that. You know what they told us when we moved to Northern California? They said this. They said, you cannot build a good church in Northern California. I said, the devil is a liar. Huh? And those people don't need to hear those voices. I'm not going to let those megaphone into my ears. Amen? We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to hear the purposes of God. If those giants saw them as grasshoppers, then that was their perception as well. Listen, they accepted defeat without ever even raising a sword, without even trying. Listen, self-perceptions are contagious. They are contagious. We live in a culture and in a dynamic where it's all about self-perception. You know who I blame? Pizza Hut. They started it with the personal pan pizza. It's Pizza Hut's fault. Come on, somebody. You can get your own. It was Pizza Hut's fault. Why is the world just falling apart, Pizza Hut? Nobody out pizzas the hut. Blame Pizza Hut. No, I blame our selfishness. You better be careful of your influencers. You better be careful of those around and about you. I think I'm weak. Others, they're going to agree with you. Just post it online one day. I'm weak. I'm frustrated. It won't be long. All the haters are going to come out. Amen? All the liars, they're going to come out. All, the, all those being deceptive. I think I'm weak. I think I'm a failure. Everybody else is going to think I'm a failure. I believe it's impossible. Everybody's going to follow my lead. I, I'm not sure what to believe. I'm not sure what I feel. I'm not sure what I should do. I'm not sure what I should be. Listen, whatever you say you are, the world will agree with you. It's not God's intention for you to be confused. It's not God's intention for you to be nervous or misunderstood or to walk in fear and dejection. Listen, in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7, it says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. I trust God. I'm going to walk in that space. I don't care what everyone else thinks or does. I have to trust Him. He has not failed me, and he will not start today. As the worship team comes, finally, you'll experience and you will walk in spiritual warfare instead of natural warfare. Caleb was able to see something. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 9, it says, Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless. Pray to us. Caleb had seen their armor was gone. The armor was dead. It says this, they have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. He's trying to encourage the people. He's trying to build the people up, but they instead chose to listen to the ten deceivers. The ten, they were full of faith, but full of faith in the things of this world and not the things of God. Caleb could see into the spirit world that the enemy's armor was already removed. Listen, walls and armor are worthless against God's word and provision. 
Hallelujah. The same God who rained down plagues on the Egyptians and destroyed Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea would lead the Israelites to victory over the Canaanites. The same God that raised Lazarus from the dead will resurrect my hope. He can resurrect my marriage. He can resurrect my relationship. He can resurrect my faith. He can resurrect my passion for him. Hallelujah. The same God that sent an angel to speak to Mary and Joseph at two different locations, two different encounters, said nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. The same God, hallelujah, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit is coursing through my veins. (laughs) And God is exceedingly able to do the impossible in our hearts and in our lives. You've got to see your enemy is already defeated by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. You've got to see him defeated. Your giant has no power to intimidate you or defeat you. Amen. And peace and opportunity and alignment and submission and spiritual warfare should be within you every time you face a giant. Look for the impossibilities and then begin to pray and say, God, I trust you in all of the fear. I trust you in all the insecurities. I trust you in all of my lack, God. I know that you are going to show up in my heart and show up in my life. Hallelujah. Give him one more good hand clap of praise. Can you do it this morning? Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand with me all over the building. I'm done. I'm done this morning. I know the Spirit of God is not. What giant? Pastor, would you bring the prayer team up? Prayer team, I want you to line up this front. You got some faith. You got some confidence in God this morning. I want you to line up here. And I want you to be facing our congregation this morning. Ready to pray. Ready to believe. For miracles and signs and wonders. What giant are you facing this morning? You say, Pastor, I'm trying so hard to find the right job that'll take care of my family and help me. Listen, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. I feel a shift in the house of God right now. I feel a shift in the guidance of God. I feel a shift in the passion of God, the presence of God. I feel a shift right now. You say, Pastor, I need a, I'm facing a giant in my marriage. Pastor, I'm facing a giant in my job. They want to they, they make me quit because I'm a Christian. They just want me to camouflage into the darkness and camouflage into the, into the areas. You might say, Pastor, I, I'm going to school this year. Pastor, I'm going to high school. I'm going to middle school, and I want to make... I want to make a difference in my school. I want to make a difference in my job. I want to make a difference in my football team. I want God to be shown. I want God, His favor and His grace to pour out on those around and about me. I want to make a difference. You feel like you're facing a giant. Your culture's telling you to just camouflage yourself into the hallways. Camouflage yourself into the byways. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. I don't know who you are this morning, but God wants to bring favor into your heart and favor into your life. God wants to perform miracles and signs and wonders in your life, but it starts with repentance and it starts with surrender. You say, Pastor, 
I want to do those mighty things for God. I'm facing some giants right now. Listen, stop allowing the fear. Stop allowing the insecurities. Stop allowing your age. I don't care how young or how old you are. God is not done with me until I take my final breath on this earth. He's going to use me for his kingdom. He's going to use me for his purposes. I don't know what giants you may be facing. Would you come? Would you come? We got this beautiful, amazing prayer team. We're going to gather together. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to believe that God's going to move. You say, Pastor, I've been allowing all this fear. I've been allowing all these new people. I've got a fear of new people. I've got a fear of a second service. I've got a fear of more students and kids ministry. Listen, God's going to use you. He's going to bless you. He's going to strengthen you. I can see a fleet of buses out on this campus picking people up and picking students up, loving on people into this community. Amen. Can you see it? You say, Pastor, I'm facing some giants. Would you come right now? Come on, who will be bold enough? Where's Joshua at? There he is. Where's Caleb at? Where's Caleb at? Come on. God bless you, Joshua. Thank you for coming. God bless you, son. Come on, who else will say, I'm bold enough. I've got a relationship giant that I'm facing. God bless you, sir. I got some relationship issues that I need to deal with. I got some faithlessness that's going on in my heart. I I, want to believe for greater things, for miracles. I want to do great things for the purposes of God. What giant are you facing? Listen, God is here to defeat giants this morning. God's a giant slayer. Would you come? Would you step out in faith and begin to walk in his purpose for, for his kingdom? In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing. Let's worship this morning. God bless you.